0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we'll take a quick look at two of the martyrs that are invoked every day in the canon of the Mass. We'll start with St. Agatha. St. Agatha was a native of Sicily. She was born to a wealthy and honorable family who had consecrated her virginity to God at a young age. The fact that she was both beautiful and rich attracted attention of one of the most powerful men in all of Sicily, Quincianus. Now Quincianus found out that St. Agatha was a Catholic and at that time the Emperor Dacius had issued an edict of persecution against the Catholics and so Quincianus figured that he could use threats of punishment to force St. Agatha to become his wife and to get richer in the process. Uh, so so, so Quincianus sent out an order to have St. Agatha hauled before him at Catania. As soon as she was arrested she prayed O Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of all things, you see my heart. You know my desire to possess only thee, since so I have consecrated myself entirely to thee. Preserve me, dear Lord, from this tyrant and enable me to overcome the devil who lays snares for my soul." Once she arrived, she was hauled before Quincianus, and he tried to seduce her, but he struck out. So he decided to be easier to overcome her modesty if she spent a month living in a certain kind of house with seven immoral women. Although the month was a living hell for St. Agatha, she received the grace to survive and to preserve her virtue by placing her confidence in God alone and by constant prayer.
1: At the end of the month,
0: Quincianus commanded that St. Agatha be brought before him again. He asked her why a woman of her social class was born both free and noble had allowed herself to be seduced into a life of slavery to Christ. Saint Agatha responded, there's absolutely no higher nobility, nor any more true freedom for any woman than to be a slave of Jesus Christ. So Quincianus yelled at her to sacrifice to the gods. Saint Agatha asked Quincianus if his gods were so great, would he actually approve of his wife being a harlot like his goddess Venus? or would he himself like to be a perverted adulterer like his god, Jupiter? So Quincianus ordered that she'd be slapped and hauled off to prison. Next day she was brought before him again and he asked if she'd finally resolve to save her life. And then St. Agatha responded that Christ was her life and her salvation. Quincianus then ordered that she'd be stretched on the rack and tortured, <coughs> which in her case meant scourging, then tearing up her sides with these iron hooks, and being burnt with tortures. Uh, By a particular grace of God, Saint Agatha suffered all this with cheerfulness. This provoked Quintianus to a complete rage, so he ordered that her breasts be tortured and then cut off, and that was done with great cruelty. Then in order to make sure she would die quickly from the torture, he ordered she be thrown, uh, bleeding wounds and all, into a dungeon without any food or medical care. But that very night, at midnight, the Apostle Saint Peter appeared to her. He comforted her, blessed her, freed her from her pain, then he actually healed all her wounds and even restored her breasts. After he left, the whole dungeon was felt with a brilliant heavenly light for the rest of the night that so terrified the guards that they ran away. The door of her dungeon was even left open, so she could have easily escaped. So the other prisoners kept urging her to flee, but St. Agatha replied that she didn't want to run away and lose the crown of glory, which had been prepared for her in heaven. In his blind rage, Quincianus was not the slightest bit moved by this miraculous healing of St. Agatha. So four deer, days later, he had her stripped naked and then rolled over a bed of red-hot coals or mixed with jagged pieces of broken tile, like running, rolling over broken glass, basically, in, in all these red-hot coals. And so she patiently underwent that torture and as she's being carried back to prison, she prayed, oh Lord my Creator, who has preserved me from my infancy, given me strength to overcome these torments, and taken me from the love of the world, receive now my soul. It's time that I should pass from this miserable life to the enjoyment of Thy glory. And as she finished that prayer, she beat forth her soul in peace. This is Rod 8251. A few decades later, in the late 200s, St. Lucia, she's another one of the saints invoked in the canon of the Mass every day, was born to a wealthy family in Syracuse, Sicily. Her father died when, he's an inf- when she was an infant, but her mother brought her up as a good and devout Catholic. As a young girl, she made a secret vow of holy virginity, which by the way, no one should do, you should clear that with your confessor, don't make a secret vow. Get, your, get permission and discuss those kind of things. Anyway, when St. Lucia got uh, to be of a marriageable age, her mother, who of course knew nothing of the vow, tried to arrange uh, a marriage between St. Lucia and a young nobleman from a pagan family. Now, St. Lucia was absolutely serious about keeping her vow to death, so she keeps uh, busy trying to dodge this pesky young pagan. She came up with the idea of taking her mother, who had been sick for some years, on a pilgrimage to the tomb of St. Agatha to ask for a cure, and at the same time, to find some way of escaping the unwanted attentions of this young pagan nobleman. So when they got to Catania, they prostrated themselves before the tomb of Saint Agatha. Uh, Saint Lucia fell asleep there, and Saint Agatha appeared to her and said, Lucia, why do you ask for that for your mother through my intercession, which by your faith you can obtain yourself? Then Saint Agatha told her that God would indeed cure mother, and that as a reward for preserving her vow of virginity, God would grant St. Lucia the same glorious reward as Syracuse as Agatha herself had received uh, 50 years earlier in Catania. So sure enough, uh, St. Lucia's mother was cured. Then she told her mother about her vow of virginity and asked her permission to give away all her inheritance to the poor. So in gratitude for the miraculous cure, her mother agreed and she even decided to give away her own goods as well when they got back to Syracuse, they sold their property and gave away the proceeds to the poor. Now when the pesky young pagan came around to see about finalizing the details of the marriage, and he saw what was going on, it dawned on him that he was totally out of the picture. And uh, so he complained to St. Lucia's mother, but then he found out that's just a waste of time. So in a rage, uh, he went off to the governor and accused uh, St. Lucia of being a Christian. And at this time, the persecution of Diocletian is raging full blast. So she is hauled before the governor in order to sacrifice to the idols. St. Lucia replied the sacrifice most of Creole to God was the relief of the poor, which she was actually doing, and that she was indeed prepared to sacrifice, even her life if needs be. The governor uh, told St. Lucia that she ought to obey the emperor, as he did. And St. Lucia uh, responded, day and night I meditate upon the divine law, and if you're anxious to please the emperor, I'm anxious to please God. And that's why I've consecrated my virginity to him. And so the governor got angry and said, well you're impurity itself. And uh, St. Lucia responded, no, you're impurity, since you're trying to corrupt Christian souls and tear them away from God to serve the devil, and since you prefer the things of the world to the things of heaven. I'll shut your mouth with tortures, responded the governor. <laughs> and Saint Lucia responded, the servants of God will never lack words since the God since God has promised the Holy Ghost will speak through them. The governor asked, and the Holy Ghost is within you? And Saint Lucie responded, Saint Paul says that those who live chastely and piously are the temples of the Holy Ghost. All right, said the governor, since if that's the case, that those who live a pure and pious life are temples of the Holy Ghost, then I'll sentence you to be placed in an impure and pious place, a house of ill repute, and that way the Holy Ghost will leave you. Saint Lucia said, When the will is opposed to sin, the body can't be stained, which means that your threats would just win for me a double crown of impurity, or a double crown. Your threats would win to me a double crown of chastity. At this the governor blew up in order that she, Saint Lucia be immediately hauled off to Lupinari, which is one of these immoral places, and then after her suitable abuse, she'd then be killed. At that point, the guards had a real problem. They actually couldn't move her. They couldn't even budge this girl. No matter how hard they tried, she couldn't be moved. And the governor was astonished, he said, what kind of witchcraft is this? And St. Lucia said, this isn't witchcraft, but the power of God. Why are you tiring yourself out? Can't you see that I'm the temple of the Lord? So in his fear and confusion, the governor ordered that a great fire be kindled around her in order to burn her death. But St. Lucia wasn't a bit impressed by this either. In fact, she was so unimpressed that she told the governor, I'll pray to the Lord Jesus so the fire won't injure me, so the faithful will witness the power of God, and so the infidels will be put to shame. And sure enough, the flames didn't hurt her. So the friends of the governor told her to behead her before the people saw any more miracles. After torturing right there, and that's when they they popped out her eyes, uh, her neck was run out through with a sword. Uh, Today, St. Agatha's relics are in Catania, Sicily. They're in the shadow of Mount Etna. It's the most active volcano in Europe. She's credited with stopping and averting many of its eruptions. She's also invoked against diseases of the breast and outbreaks of fire and she's one of the patronesses of nurses, uh, among other things. Eight or nine centuries ago, her uncorrupt body was cut into pieces by thieves, and so her relics, which have been returned, are now in several different reliquaries. Despite the butchery, her arms, legs, and breasts, which are kept in a glass reliquary, are still incorrupt, although they somewhat dried and darkened after 17th centuries. Uh, is, although the people of Sicily have repeatedly requested that she be returned, St. Lucia's relics are no longer in Sicily. For the past eight centuries, her relics have been in Venice. Back in Syracuse, there's an, there's an inscription under her empty tomb Lucia, bride of Christ, the people await you. Now, and she's traditionally invoked for eye disorders because of one of the tortures she underwent. St. Alphonsus says the virgins who aspire to perfection are the beloved of Jesus Christ because they have consecrated him, in their bodies, and their souls. And seek nothing in this life but to do his holy will. St. Agatha and St. Lucia are heavenly proofs of how very highly our Lord values that beautiful virtue of consecrated virginity. Let us invoke their intercession that our community may be blessed with young women who are generous in responding to their vocation as brides of Christ, who value this virtue as highly as Saints Agatha and St. Lucia did. St. Agatha and St. Lucia, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.